Hello and welcome back to Rose DiVirgilio's podcast. This podcast is produced and published for clients and friends of DiVirgilio Benefit Resources. It is intended to bring you the latest benefit news and trending topics. It is not intended to provide legal, tax, or clinical advice. Let's get started. Okay, so in this podcast, we're going to take a look at the latest Medicare over-the-counter benefit uh, for the COVID-19 tests. And we're also going to take a look at the Affordable Care Act and the improvements that the Biden-Harris administration is looking to make, uh, which will take effect uh, next year, 2023. Okay, so good news this week for Medicare beneficiaries. Um, In a previous podcast, I had made you aware that uh, Medicare had made the the decision that in early spring, it would allow its Medicare eligible population uh, to have access to free over-the-counter COVID-19 tests, uh, which they could pick up at participating pharmacies. And staying true to that, On April 4th, the Biden-Harris administration announced that more than 59 million Americans with Part B, including those enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan, now have access to these tests by visiting a participating pharmacy. And I'll provide you the link uh, to those participating pharmacies. But some of the larger ones are CVS, uh, Rite Aid, Walgreens, and Walmart. And I suppose that many of the local ones will be participating as well. This is the first time that Medicare has covered an over-the-counter self-administered test at no cost to beneficiaries. So this is making history and it may improve the initiatives going forward uh, with Medicare uh, being able to pay pharmacies directly for these tests. Um, In addition to uh, the eight tests that you will be allowed uh, through this initiative, uh, you may also get tests through the mail by ordering them at the covidtests.gov site, and I will provide that link as well. So that is good, and uh, let's take a look at another piece that uh, is making news, and um, it is the enhancements that are going to be made to the Affordable Care Act Uh, But this will start in 2023, and we're going to take a look at the family glitch. It's making a lot of news out there, and we'll break that down. What does that mean, Um, and why so many Americans have been uninsured because of this family glitch? Okay, so let's talk about the Affordable Care Act and the family glitch, which makes a lot of news out there, and it's very scary to many families, um, leaving them uninsured at times and at times um, putting them in precarious situations about the disclosure of coverage. And that worries me uh, because there is a lot of misinformation out there that, you know, could uh, get families into trouble. All right. So let me give you a little bit of background so that you understand what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, The ACA's employer mandate requires businesses with 50 or more full-time, including their full-time equivalent, to offer health insurance to their full-time employees and those employees' children. But while the coverage must be considered affordable for the employees, there is no requirement that the employer fund 
any portion of the premiums for dependents. And also, small businesses are less likely to cover the cost to add dependents to the plan uh, because they don't have to offer it at all. So if you have less than 50 full-time or including your full-time equivalent, you do not have to offer coverage at all and you don't have to meet affordability thresholds. Um, So in order to to be in compliance with the employer mandate, the coverage that employers offer their full-time employees for employee-only coverage of the lowest qualified plan, which is your single premium, uh, cannot cost an employee for, in the year 2022, more than 9.61% of the employee's household income. Most large employers use a safe harbor because they do not have a household income figure. Um, So they will, uh, their calculation will consist of Uh, using the safe harbors such as the federal poverty level safe harbor or using uh, the employee's income to calculate this 9.61% threshold. And this leaves the rest of the family members in jeopardy of obtaining coverage. Okay, so now we know that there is no limit on the percentage of income that an employee has to pay to cover the whole family. If the coverage is deemed affordable for the employee at no more than 9.61% of the employee wages, then it's deemed affordable for the entire family and the the other dependents legally do not have access to premium tax credits uh, through the New York State of Health. And there is a lot of confusion on this topic. It's put a lot of families in precarious situations. A lot of families have answered these questions incorrectly, thinking that uh, an offer of coverage is when the employer is making a contribution toward the dependent tiers, okay? And they're answering these questions on the uh, through the New York State of Health incorrectly. Um, there's a lot of misleading information too out there uh, from some of the uh, navigators. So um, I am hoping that uh, this takes effect actually sooner rather than later to protect these families. But we're actually looking at a date of January 1st, 2023, uh, if it is approved. And this would be very welcomed. And I will be here to help these families find the right coverage because a lot of these families today, a lot of these uh, individuals uh, that do not have access to premium tax credits are going with plans uh, that they wouldn't choose. Uh, They're going with plans that are restricting their networks, um, that they're not comfortable with. So now you're going to have a choice of plans. You're going to have premium tax credits available to you if you qualify. And this will help you choose the plan that's right for you with the right network. Um, So I will keep you posted. This is very exciting news. And I'm I'm very pleased that the Biden-Harris administration is looking to correct this family glitch, along with um, they're looking to make the ARPA subsidies, the American Rescue Plan Act subsidies that allowed uh, many families with incomes above 400% to obtain 
um, a premium tax credit. So they're looking to make that permanent. So all good news if it is approved in 2023. All right, so let's move on. Okay, so the family glitch discussion actually brings us to our next topic, which is April is National Employee Benefits Month. And the value of employer-sponsored health benefits is really taking the spotlight as employers actively re-engage the workforce. Okay, so we know that today's consumers, again, are very well-educated. And when entertaining an offer of work or employment, they ask questions about the health benefits that are provided because that is the key benefit that they're looking for. They ask questions such as, what is the deductible? What type of plan do you offer? Do you contribute to family tiers other than the single tier? Um, What are my contribution responsibilities? What would I owe? So they ask these questions because they have shopped on their own as consumers and are now educated and they they're looking for a better offer of coverage okay and we know that offering employer sponsored plans can benefit both the employer and the employee one um, group benefits group plans tend to be cheaper on average than individual plans by 10 percent We know that there are tax incentives for businesses. Businesses can deduct the cost of premiums from their federal business taxes, and some small businesses may qualify for a tax credit. And pre-tax benefits for employees. Another benefit of providing health insurance can be more after-tax money available for workers and an easier way for them to budget when it's coming out of their uh, wages, you know, bi-weekly or weekly, whatever the payroll cycle is. This helps employees and their families budget. Uh, Rather than paying the monthly premium um, after tax through an individual exchange, etc., being responsible for that monthly bill. And we know that the employee uh, has easier access to coverage and the enrollment process is easier for them. It's less red tape. So there are a lot of benefits uh, when offering employee benefits or health plans, both for the employer and the employee. But let's take a look at what employers are competing against uh, when it comes to these uh, government programs and these government uh, subsidies. Okay, so let's take a look at what small businesses are up against when competing with federal subsidies and state programs. And I'm speaking to small businesses who have less than 50 full-time and uh, including your full-time equivalent count. Um, And this is because we know that large employers are mandated to make an affordable offer of coverage. And we know that if individuals receive an affordable offer of coverage, they're not eligible to shop uh, through the exchange for financial assistance. And neither are their family members, according to the family glitch that we just discussed. Okay, so um, for small businesses, uh, we know that candidates today are looking for 
stable employment, stable coverage, competitive coverage, uh, and they're looking for less red tape because although they're getting financial assistance through the New York State of Health, there is a lot of red tape. And some of the individual plans do not offer out-of-network coverage. Uh, They have limited networks and maybe narrower uh, formularies. So, and they, uh, you know, if they have to make any contributions, if their financial assistance doesn't cover the plan in full, um, it's not on a pre-tax uh, basis for the individuals. So it's, you know, it's better to maybe receive an offer of coverage through an employer where they could make pre-tax contributions. All right, so let's take a look at you know what is offered through the New York State of Health for an individual. Let's say there's a small service shop, and this is for Broome County, and they want to uh, offer coverage to one individual. They want to hire a mechanic, and it's just one one person needing coverage. Okay, this this individual doesn't have any dependents, and they want to start them off at fifteen dollars an hour, uh, which would equate to thirty one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars annually as their wages. When we calculate this through the New York State of Health, this individual may be eligible for $464 of estimated financial help. And it's estimated because it really you're you're estimating what your income would be for that year. So if your income changes, this, you know, could go up or this could be reduced. But we're looking at $31,250 for income for the annual wages. Um, If this individual were to purchase the lowest end plan, on uh, the New York State of Health, which would be um, the uh, bronze plan, okay, it would be of no cost to this individual because that plan is now priced at $397.82. And of course, this is an individual plan. This carrier does not um, participate in the group market. And they do have a narrower network. And uh, so there are restrictions, you know, to the uh, provider access that individuals would have with this plan. But the individual would not be paying anything for this plan. Of course, the bronze plan, again, carries a $4,700 deductible. So if this individual does not sign up for patient financial assistance programs or, you know, just doesn't do anything, they would be responsible for the $4,700 up front for their care, for the first $4,700 of their care outside of preventive care. And it does have, you know, an out-of-pocket maximum of $8,700. So the employer here, you know, you could compete. Uh, We know that uh, the estimated financial assistance is $464 a month. So you could make that part of your uh, compensation package, or you could offer a gold plan and reduce the individual's deductible. Okay, um, the Healthy New York program actually for businesses that haven't offered coverage in the past actually uses the gold standard plan, and uh, that deductible is six hundred dollars. 
All right. So you're going from a $4,700 deductible down to a $600 deductible. And uh, maybe you don't want to contribute $464 a month. Maybe that's a little too much for the employer. You don't want to make it part of your compensation package. Um, the, the Healthy New York does, um, you know, require that employers at least contribute 50%. And it's very competitive with the $464 uh, number. Um, so, you know, you could contribute maybe 70% or 80% and, and let this individual know that, yes, although he may have a small contribution to make uh, monthly, it could be done via payroll deductions and it's on a pre-tax level, making it very, uh, 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 very simple to budget. Um, so you could, you know, compete in that way or again, make the, you know, the estimated financial help part of the compensation package that you offer. And let's take a look at a couple now. Okay, so we know what an individual may receive. Uh, and this is why candidates are now asking if employers contribute toward the other tiers, toward the employee and spouse tier or toward the family tier. Let's say we have a couple, uh, two individuals, two need, both of them needing coverage. And let's say their annual income is 95000 Okay. This couple would actually receive an estimate, an estimate is $447 a month, according to the New York State of Health uh, estimated financial assistance here that I'm uh, calculating. So if the couple were to purchase insurance through the New York State of Health, and they were to choose the lowest end plan, the individual plan, a bronze plan, that plan is coming in at $795.64, okay? With the estimated financial assistance of $447, that couple would not owe more than $348.64 a month, okay? So this is what you're competing with. Um, again, you know, this bronze plan is an individual plan, it's, um, it doesn't provide out of network coverage, it does carry a high deductible. So, you know, the employer could compete with this, and they're making they're paying $348 a month, but it's not on a pre tax basis. So uh, they could actually, you know, you could compete with this, you could offer a group plan, maybe that's a silver or a gold plan. And, you know, coupled with pre tax contributions, and that would save on their, you know, their take home pay, actually. Um, so these are ways that the employer could compete if you have any questions, and uh, you would like to take a look at this to know what you're up against. Let me know, and I will be glad to provide you with estimates. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate your feedback. And next week, we are going to take a look at the final decision on the drug Algehelm. It's uh, said that the Center for Medicare Services might have their final decision out on April 11th. And of course, this was pertaining to whether they would reduce the Part B premiums and whether their uh, final decision would be that only individuals that are participating in clinical trials would be eligible for this drug. I will let you know. And again, any feedback, any topics you would like me to cover, let me know. Thank you for listening.